Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Conversations about what matters the most. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. That's right. Conversations about what matters the most. How are we going to fit them all into a two-hour program? I don't know, but we're going to do our best. TGIF, it's Friday over here. Welcome to State of the Nation. We're live with today's News Talk TNT. You can join us on the web at our website. You can watch the show. It's embedded right there on the homepage. And of course, you can watch it on all your favorite video streaming platforms and podcasting platforms as well if they're running the live feed, which our app does. So definitely get the TNT app. You can find that in the app store. Now, uh, <laughs> wow, I'm Brian McLean out of Central Texas here, and we got a lot to cover today. But um, before I introduce Steve here, I would like to point out that last December, Julian Assange's two-day public hearing was announced for February 20th and 21st at the UK High Court to determine whether Julian will have permission to appeal or whether he will be extradited to the United States. TNT will be at the Royal Courts of Justice broadcasting and covering the entire two days if required. And then TNT will broadcast from various locations throughout London. That's what we're going to do. We're going to keep lighting that fuse for freedom. And this particular case has one of the longest and thickest fuses when it comes to freedom, freedom of speech. This is the freedom of speech topic of our times right here and uh, how this turns out will affect us all. It will affect us all very much. So uh, we're, we're proud to be involved with that. And of course, uh, I know you're probably watching the Misty Winston show. This is a big topic on her show. So uh, definitely follow her uh, here at TNT for more news on that and the rest of the programs here. Now I'm here with Steve Hook. Steve, welcome to State of the Nation. Happy Friday, my friend. Oh, yes, it's casual Friday. We're wearing our our TNT uniforms, and we celebrate the end of another big week here. And I concur with everything you said at the top of the intro there, uh, Hesh, and that is that there is no way. I mean, there's absolutely no way we're going to fit all this in. There's just so much. But yeah, uh, we, we will endeavor to do our best, man. It's good to see you, brother. Yeah, well, in the spirit of that, let's see if we can jam two or three headlines in before we get to our first wonderful guest I'm honestly having a hard time deciding which one to go with. I think just briefly, Steve, I'll see if I can make this one brief. Um, uh, As we talked about yesterday, President Joe Biden is scheduled to visit East Palestine, Ohio, uh, the site of the train derailment a year ago. Um, There's pretty interesting news here. News Nation spoke with resident Rick Tsai, who's become so frustrated by the government response to the incident that he's running for Congress. He went on to say they're either inept or there's something nefarious going on here. And he's referring to the test patches that you can put into the water to show that the water is still not drinkable there. He said, I can teach a seven-year-old to do this with a stick and the EPA can't find, can't find them with millions of dollars, he added, referring to the fact that merely shifting dirt in the riverbed, chemical contamination in the local streams became obvious for the testing that they were doing there. So uh, pretty interesting comments coming uh, from him out of East Palestine, Steve. Yeah, well, let's not forget that those things are not mutually exclusive. Uh, Inept, yes. Nefarious, yes. So maybe they're both true. Um, Biden, like we talked about yesterday, is going to go to East Palestine a year too late. Uh, it's going to be a very, very closely 
I would wager very closely guarded public appearance. He will probably be cordoned off so that you can't see any of the residents flipping him off because the res and this is again, what we talked about yesterday, hash part of the reason he's taken so long to go is because none of these people voted for him. So as far as Biden's concerned, they're insignificant, uh, but it's become a political liability. Now he's going to try and make up for it a year too late. And I think it's just, you know, judging by this story right here, are you telling me that Pete Buttigieg hasn't gotten to the bottom of the contaminated water? I mean, hell, they haven't gotten to the bottom of the contaminated water in Flint, Michigan either. So I don't expect the EPA to do anything other than do what the EPA does, which is, you know, be a uh, a, 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 a agency of the swamp. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. I would love, love to see how the residents treat Biden on his visit. I suspect that only the uh, the ones that are supportive of him will ever be within 50 yards of him. They'll probably keep the unwashed masses away from this feeble, frail, cognitively gone uh, grifter of a president. But uh, that's just my guess. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, for you watching, go go to uh, go go check out Gateway Pundit and, and look at uh, Jim Hoff's two articles. I want to flag these up. FOIA documents reveal government officials notified of election fraud in Michigan following Election Day 2020, as well as uh, this one we may talk about later in the show. Trump election interference case in Washington, D.C. has been removed from the court calendar. What's that about? What's that mean? Keep an eye on that and don't miss out on a thing. Be sure to download the TNT app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play so you can listen easily live to us anywhere, anytime. That's available to download and keeping you up to speed on TNT. The facts, no spin or agenda. Not enough with the lies. We need the facts. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right. Well, welcome back to State of the Nation on TNT. Today's news talk, and we're very happy to welcome our very first guest to the program. This guy's, I got to tell you, man, uh, Joe Thomas joins us. Big Joe Thomas. He absolutely, Joe uh, is a uh, is a morning show host at WCHV in Charlottesville, but he's been all over the place. And Joe, I must say that as I was looking through your bio, I mm. thought I was looking through my bio. We are both radio veterans of 40 plus years. Uh, and we got in the in, in the business at the same year, 87. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, this guy could be me. So we're so happy to have you on the program. How's things going in Charlottesville, my friend? Well, I appreciate it. My brother from another mother. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's interesting how, you know, we, we, we look at the careers uh, that go through rock radio and music radio. And, and you know, I, I was thinking back on this a couple of years ago, it was a seminar, and somebody asked me about how this all works and how do you, I was always doing morning radio. I was always talking and talking to listeners. And so, the segue into doing talk radio and and spoken word and everything else seemed uh, pretty logical, but I have to warn you right now, if I say anything inappropriately racist, it's because this is artificial intelligence generating all this. Uh, this is is so, so uh, because apparently AI is now racist according to Corey Bush. Oh, so you could be some sort of like deep fake, uh, hook. It's a Steve Hook deep fake here, Steve. I think we might be talking to an AI generated radio host. That explains everything. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's what I said. It's our get out of jail free card now. That's what it is, no, there, guys. What do you What do you think about this deep fake stuff? Actually, I'm I'm curious about this because you you looked at my bio too. You know, I have an IT background and stuff. Um, and mm -hmm. you know, I've been talking about this deep fake stuff coming for years. I've been very interested in it. You know, we kind of started seeing it. You know, four, five, six years ago, sort of the where it was headed. But now we're here and. You know, any any chump on the internet can take the biggest pop star in the world and have her doing, uh, you know, computer generated, um, non consensual, stuff. sexually explicit stuff. I mean, we've really reached a new uh, plateau here, don't you think? Well, and and uh, is it is it Hesh? I, I want to. I don't want to. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm Brian, but my, my my call sign is Hesher. So you call me Hesh. Right. Call me Hesher, dude. Call me Brian. Call uh, me anything. You know, as. <laughs> Most technology in the in the latter part of the 20th century and into the 21st century has been led by one industry and one industry own, only, and it is not uh, the military-industrial complex. It's porn. Uh, so the deep fake stuff has been around. What would you say? Ten years in the porn world. I mean, it's you yeah. know some poorly cut and pasted. You know they did it through you know windows media and then they post miley cyrus's head on somebody um yeah. and it's gotten better and better i said russia today had a video of president biden breakdancing uh that was just <laughs> hysterical i mean it was parody or they said it was parody uh but it was all these russian uh, agents telling the president what to do and it slowly grades from from actual clips of the president saying things as they told him to say it uh to him getting up and breakdancing in the oval office and i'm thinking yeah i mean it, it used to be jib jab that did that and now you know you can do it and it really looked quite good <laughs> yeah well, how can we be sure that it wasn't Biden breakdancing? See, that's where they get you. You know, and, and I I've must never say seen that, him, so I can't tell. I've never seen yeah. him actually do it, so I can say. <laughs> well, I noticed that you know this um, a couple of maybe it was last week or something. Hesh, you can maybe remind me. Uh, Taylor Swift, Swifty Tay Tay, uh, got um, there were all kinds of deep fake. Uh, some of them were still imagery. Uh, some of them were videos. And of course, she was rightly PO'd, regardless of what you think about Taylor Swift, that would mm -hmm. upset anybody. Imagine being her parents. Uh, but she cracked down on it. All those images were apparently pulled. But this kind of goes to a bigger threat, doesn't it, Jay? Because it's one thing to say, oh, we're going to create a fake uh, uh, porn video with Elizabeth Hurley. Or, or the other shoe is... We're going to use a fake image of somebody to create a wartime scenario or to um, mm -hmm. for bank fraud or for whatever, for every nefarious purpose. So it starts with porn and then it leads to uh, who knows what it leads to, but it's pretty, pretty healthy risk, I would think. Well, uh, Hesh, let me ask you this. My daughter's uh, got a photography degree from VCU, and this is something she's been into quite a bit is watermarking and and verification deep into photography. I mean, talk about that. I mean, I feel like I'm turning the tables, but I'm curious, uh, you know, as somebody who's got the kind of IT background, can you watermark something thoroughly enough that even if I grab it off of the most high-definition camera, you can pull it apart and say, no, that's clearly not me. That's, that's the million dollar question. And I can't give you a, a yes or a no, but I can say, I think so. I don't see why not. 
it seems like that should be the kind of thing. I mean, we have the technology to create a, a, a visually believable situation that does not exist whatsoever. And you're telling me there's, there's no way to have um, metadata built into that, mm -hmm. that, you know, same for teachers, you know, there's this problem with chat GPT in schools and teachers are having to use all these tools and try to back search stuff that the students have submitted to them to find out if it's AI generated or not. This, this seems like such a fundamental thing. We have metadata in, in audio files, video files, just about any file has a set of metadata with it. Um, and then watermarks are a great question because that's something physical that exists on the image as well. So I, I don't know. I kind of, um, my, my supposition is that this um, mass rollout of artificial intelligence, GPT products, uh, voice recognition and generative products and image and video generative products have been um, dropped into the internet like like um, kind of like a Trojan horse or a, a, a you know a slowly erupting dirty bomb, and I think that this um, loss of reality that we're sort of you know circling around here with these topics is is intended to undermine the internet and thus undermine all of the people that use the internet and create mm. you know so many false realities that we will then clamor for digital IDs, uh, you know, and all the things that lead to great reset, you know, UBI, digital ID, social credit to save oh, us boy. from this problem. Yeah. Well, you know, like you said, the, what do they say in gaming? It's not a flaw, but a feature. And, and I think you're right. I think, you know, because commonly most people think the internet is basically the back streets of London in the 19th century and, <laughs> and you wouldn't want to put anyone there. And, and it's not true. There's, there's a lot of really innovative stuff going on that permits what we're doing here. I mean, how many schools still operated? Nobody had heard of zoom before COVID. So, I mean, there are things that, you know, the internet and, and the technology world does, uh, it's not Harry Potter. It's not scary. Uh, everyone looks at me and sees all the gray hair and says, oh, he must be some sort of Luddite. I mean, you should see the whole room I've built out here with, uh, phone interfaces and, and all software driven, uh, because it's, it's an amazing thing that we can do with technology and, what was it, John Adams? Let's let's hearken all the way back to John Adams. He said, you know, this this country is this constitution is insufficient for an immoral society. Well, I don't think capitalism is sufficient for an immoral society. If you if you unplug morality out of a society, capitalism, freedom, all of that stuff, you know, we will we will toss it away faster and and you know, people will say, well, yeah, you can't be trusted with this stuff um, because we don't tell kids you shall, you know, shall not steal. So if we can't tell them that, why should we surprise if they have little gangs of, you know, uh, smash and grab mobs going around knocking over Walmarts? Yeah. 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 That's a great point. And um, and I agree with it. And in fact, you know, let's kind of switch gears here a little bit. You were telling us off air, Joe, about a what is it a winery or a bed and breakfast winery combo oh. uh, in charlottesville that trump opened up uh i want to kind of <laughs> drill down on that because i got a good laugh out of it why don't you explain what what's happening in your neck of the woods regarding trump and wineries well interestingly enough and the president likes to tell this story about his wine it was actually eric's winery here in charlottesville um trump winery 
And uh, it was founded by the founder of Metro Media Television. Uh, Metro Media Television was really kind of the first network of television stations. It ran the East Coast from, uh, I think, Bangor, Maine, all the way down to Washington, D.C. And I there may have been one in Richmond as well. They were all independent uh, TV stations. They all became Fox affiliates. So really this network of, of TV stations was really the beginning of Fox television. Uh, John Kluge was his name and he built this mansion in Charlottesville and he had a golf course on it and he married a woman, um, Patricia, who didn't like golf. So she had him tear the whole golf course up and put wine grapes in and they started a winery and it was you know, people knew about it. People were mad because the golf course went away. And uh, by about 2014, she had fallen on hard times. John had passed away. And so the Trumps came along and purchased the winery before he had ever announced he was running for president or anything like that. And he was here in town, did radio interviews and all that stuff. Um, and the, the mansion though was the key because they started the winery. The winery has turned around. It's, it's amazing. If you guys are ever in Charlottesville, it is the place to visit, but he wanted to get the mansion house and the community was up in arms about it. They said, Oh my God, he's going to make it tacky. It's going to have neon. It's going to be like Las Vegas. It'll be a casino. It is considered one of the top five destination, I guess, air uh, bed and breakfast style inns in the nation. Now it's marble, it's fountains. It's incredible. It's a, it's, it, you don't want to touch anything. It's so beautiful in there and it's, pretty pricey as well, but, uh, it is, it is a showpiece and, and it's right next to Dave Matthews. So I'm sure that bothers Dave quite a bit too. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not surprised to hear that. Wow. So, so what's going to happen? I mean, is it, is it fully functional or are they, up oh yeah, the no, city? It's, uh, Virginia, believe it or not, was just named uh, Wine Connoisseur Magazine's Wine Region of the World for 20, uh, 2022, I guess, or 2023. And oh, wow. uh, Trump Winery is one of the big ones in it. Uh, they have an amazing sparkling wine. Since we're not from the Champagne region, we can't call it Champagne. Uh, it's called Blanc de Blanc. It is incredible. Oh, hold on. I'm doing it. It's incredible. Uh, but it's <laughs> it's dry. It's like a dry white wine with fizz. So if you ever need to celebrate anything, uh, it's it's great. All, all of their vintages have turned around because they were they were middle of the road when they first took it up. Here, here's an anecdote about it. I was in Lost Wages for Freedom Fest, uh, the Scousen's Libertarian uh, convention. Yeah, and, yeah. um, I saw the tr Trump winery was one of my show sponsors. So I said, well, let me, let me go down and see what's going on at his hotel. And I get there and I walk in hotels, beautiful marble lobby, piano playing the restaurants on the side. And I go up to the restaurant and I'm looking at the menu and there's no Trump wine on the menu. And I asked the mater d. I said, "Do you carry any of the Trump family wine?" He goes, "No, it's not good enough yet." 
And I said, wow. <laughs> and he said, oh, you said, we, we don't, we don't, just because Mr. Trump makes it doesn't mean we're going to sell it here if we, uh, if we don't think it's up to snuff. Uh, so I thought that was a tough crowd. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing I'm guessing Trump supporters in the Salmonier uh, <laughs> industry are probably few and far between. Um, Joe, we could talk to you all day. We're going to have to have you back on. Uh, this has been sure. a really good discussion. Great to meet you today. Um, yeah. Give us a shout out where everybody can find you. Uh, where the station has a smartphone app of our own. If you go to iTunes or Google Play, search Seville 1075. We stream 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I've got listeners in Alabama and Oklahoma and all over the place. Uh, and I'm on the air 5 a.m. till 9 a.m. Eastern. And uh, look forward to anyone tuning in. You can call. You know, we're open phones. I don't screen my calls. So if you call, I'm going to answer, which means I'm probably going to have to answer your question because I'm not one of those, get off my phone, you know, kind of guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Excellent. Joe Thomas, thank you so much for joining us here at State of the Nation. We'll look forward to your return right here at today's News Talk TNT. TNT's Abby Roberts. So this is the headline in The Guardian. Pleasure of sex is a gift from God, but avoid porn. Pope advises. What is it with religious people and sex? Isn't there anything else that's, that's, that's more important to worry about? And this is what, uh, this is what Pope Francis uh, say. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read in an Italian accent just to be even more offensive. Sexual pleasure is a gift from God. But Catholics must avoid pornography, Pope Francis has said. The pontiff, oh, I'll tell you what though, he was all for giving people lots of pricks during 2021. Bloody hell, mRNA's fine, but just not porn. Abby Roberts on TNT. The Light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. <laughs> No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles, and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk, and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. Thelightpaper.co.uk Without CO2... The world stops breathing. CO2 sustains all life on Earth. Government, the WEF, and the elite believe humans are the carbon they really want to be rid of. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. The Take Our Border Back convoy is rolling strong right now through the United States. Tomorrow, there are rallies in San Diego, Yuma, Arizona, and in Eagle Pass right here in Texas. The event is hosted by Texas Independent Project, and the videos of the convoy are being ultimately not shown on mass media cartel propaganda outlets. But we're tracking this convoy in support of America, of shutting down the open border. And so is our next guest, Mr. Mark Anderson, the truth hound, host of Stop the Presses on Republic Broadcast Network and contributor to UK Column and Boiler Room. Joining us now, Mark, what can you tell us about the situation in Eagle Pass in general? and about the convoy that we'll be having an event there tomorrow as the convoys have piled into Texas over the last few days from all corners of the nation. Uh, good, good day, guys. I talked to Anson Bills last night. He's a 36-year-old former Army guy who's uh, done other things with his life, and now he's dedicated to uh, border security, genuine border security. And what he told me 
last night on two different phone calls, and I also talked to another border watcher today about a half hour ago, was that they're initially expecting near Kamado, which is not far from Eagle Pass, about 200 to 300 people to show up in a 100 trucks or more initially this afternoon, early evening. And they're at a children's ranch there. It's about 10 acres, but it's very close to the border. And uh, there is at least a half expectation that both Laura Logan and Ted Nugent will be there. He wasn't 100% sure. He didn't want to tell me something that possibly might not materialize. But this is uh, what I've also been told. And there's a general intention not to actually repel illegal entrance. In other words, they're not going to form a human shield holding hands and prevent people from entering the country physically. Uh, my understanding from talking to both of my sources is they want to be as uh, amicable in their relationship with the Texas state authorities as they can, because there's a lot of concern that the federal government and federales are supposedly showing up in fairly decent numbers, concerned that the federal government will try and trip this thing up and try and discredit it in a pretty big way. And so there's concerns about entrapment, agent provocateurs, but so therefore they don't want to try and actually repel people, uh, let the state do their job, you know, give Abbott the benefit of the doubt, the Texas governor, even though there's been doubts about Abbott's sincerity on this issue. Um, and that's what's shaping up so far. They're hoping it, um, hoping it'll be a um, robust and informative and inspiring rally, and even calling it a revival with a lot of prayer expected. Uh, so that's what I'm hearing from the Texas end, Brian, so far. Wow. Well, Mark, it is good to see you. And I am just uh, shocked, shocked that agent provocateurs would go there and try and trip this thing up. I mean, it's, that's never happened before in, uh, in America. <laughs> that would be a first. Obviously, uh, my tongue is firmly planted in my cheek, but you mentioned Abbott. And, and Hesh, as a Texas <laughs> resident, has, has discussed this very subject, that Abbott plays a good game, uh, and, and he's done some good. I don't think anybody would argue that he has done some good by – uh, the right. busing them to other countries that I mean, other cities that is certainly helped. Wish he could bus, bus them to other countries. That's another story. But but there is a doubt about Abbott. There's a seed of doubt. And I, I, I can tell you it's it's not a seed with, with with Escher. It's a full it's a it's a mighty oak. He uh, he kind of doubts that uh, that there's sincerity there on Greg Abbott's part. Why don't you explain that to us? Uh, to the, to the extent that you can. Why do so many people look at Greg Abbott and say, yeah, he's done good, but man, he's really not in it for the fight? Well, one example is something that I wrote about recently where there was a story put out that uh, state officials were rebuking federal officials and keeping them out of certain areas uh, so the state could do its job without the feds cutting the concertina wire, without the feds intervening. But then my source... Um, said that he or others, uh, alternative media people on the ground, citizen reporters, uh, understood that, in fact, the state was still handing over those they would apprehend to the federales and that there was behind-the-scenes cooperation, whereas the cover story was that there was a standoff almost between the feds and the state border authorities. Uh, that's one. Uh, uh, it's also that when early on, when Abbott made a trip to the Del Rio area, say three or four years ago, 
when this was starting to burgeon, the whole problem, it took Sheriff Brad Coe of Kinney County to almost bend Abbott's arm to get him going in the first place. And so Abbott was slow in getting motivated. That's another thing. And uh, to make crossing the border a illegal state felony um, was maybe a necessary thing, but not altogether necessary. Um, he still could legally apprehend uh, uh, people that enter the country uh, illegally. But another thing was, is when they passed that law, SB4, to make it a state crime to enter the country illegally, it doesn't even take effect till March. And this oh, is February wow. 2nd. Why would you pass a law like that and have a two or three month grace period, which allows the ACLU all the time they need to file lawsuits? And I've you've seen this with state abortion laws too. The state, whatever state, Texas, other states will pass a teeth, a law with some teeth, and yet you'll find out the law doesn't take effect for three months. And here come the inevitable lawsuits and everything grinds to a halt. And you got to wonder about that. Haven't they learned yet that some laws need to be taken, need to take effect immediately, depending on the urgency of the situation and not yeah, this, give this, them Yeah. Sorry, Mark. This is definitely one of those situations. We got a headline inbound here. We got to take, but on the other side, I'm going to let you complete that thought and then get an update on this uh, dispute in the Eagle Pass region with regards to this park. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT. Really big, 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 big. Biggest breaking news story. Big, gigantic, big, enormous. TNT Radio News. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. Russia's foreign ministry spokeswoman Maria Zakharova criticized Ecuador's decision to provide the U.S. with outdated Russian-made military equipment. Recent crash test results from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln's Midwest Roadside Safety Facility indicate that standard highway guardrails may be inadequate in stopping heavy electric vehicles. In January, the U.S. labor market saw the addition of 353,000 jobs, according to the Department of Labor. Why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. TNT Radio. We're with Mark Anderson, independent journalist. TheTruthHound.com is his website. Mark, um, please continue what you were saying there. You know, this is very, uh, it does beg a lot of questions, the fact that they're giving all this leeway time to enact this law. While we know people like the ACLU and heck, even SCOTUS for that matter, are working against the efforts here. Yeah, SCOTUS recently, if, and I hope I understand this correctly, because these, these decisions can have a lot of complexities to them, passed a law where they said the feds could cut the state concertina wire in the Eagle Pass area only. That's my understanding. But I mean, that is absolutely positively counterintuitive because in reality, in any state has the right to control an invasion and the federal government is constitutionally set up to be called to that state's assistance. In other words, the, the state can call the Fed for assistance, men and materiel, if the illegal entries get out of control. And we've heard that um, the... Arkansas governor and other other governors are also what 20 of them or more are coming in supporting Abbott and sending some maybe not enough but some uh, National Guard troops of their own to help Texas National Guard and Texas DPS so in a way Abbott is almost being put in a place where he kind of has to do the right thing one might say if all these states start sending their troops in and they're observing what's going on 
I think Abbott is going to have to assume the role of a real border security guy, at least for a while. And I don't mean to cast too many aspersions on him. It's it's almost as if any one of his actions looks a little iffy, but maybe isn't enough to tilt the scales. But if you take all his actions that don't quite make sense and you add them together, then you begin to see how you ask the question, well, is he just incompetent or is is this something worse? And I'm and I'm only making allegations. I'm, these are not necessarily cemented in stone kind of things. It's a very complex thing of what's going on. Uh, uh, former Sheriff Joe Arpaio of Maricopa County, Arizona, has a lot of very common sense things I could talk about. I also talked to Joe about three nights ago, and he reminded me of some very common sense things that can be done. If you want to talk about that, we can. But this is the situation with Abbott. It's like one thing, another thing, don't look too bad. But if you add them up, you, you begin to ask some questions that are pretty uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. That And like I said, Hesh has been kind of pounding that uh, for the past few weeks now. And uh, and, and I must say, I, I admittedly, I probably because I'm on the other side of the, of the nation, I, I was unaware of that. I thought Abbott was doing a bang up job, but that's because I'm giving him credit uh, for making these blue uh, sanctuary cities uh, live up to their standard. And now, of course, that's gone to hell in a handbasket. Now they're all saying Abbott's a racist for doing this or whatever they're saying. It's irrelevant. But the bottom line, Mark, is that what's going on at the southern border? I mean, yes, the SCOTUS did say you can cut that concertina wire, but the feds haven't taken them up on it. And I think it's because they realize that that is politically untenable. Couple that with what just happened in New York City, these two cops getting the hell beat out of them by these guys that were then immediately released on no bail. If you or I did that to a cop, uh, we'd, we'd have bail. I guarantee you that. I think if they're going to do no bail, they should do it this way. No bail. That means you sit there until your case is adjudicated. We're not offering you any bail. That's the way it should be. But the way they do it, of course, being progressives is well, these people are poor, put upon, pickpockets from another country. We got to give them free reign. So my point is, all of this is boiling up. Uh, we've hit it hard here that in Iowa and New Hampshire, that was the number one issue. Almost always the number one issue is where it hits people in the wallet. That's number two now. The economy is number two behind immigration. So maybe the administration and the uh, and some of the rhino class have figured out, whoops, this is a loser uh, we better not cut any concertina wire. I'm just, my, my, what I'm curious about is, and I think you hit on this a little bit, Mark, was it why aren't they a, a putting these laws into effect that take effect immediately? Do you think the political pressure is going to come? Uh, and, and yeah, please share Joe Arpaio. Joe is a great guy. I've interviewed him several times. Share some of his ideas. And do you think that this is becoming a political liability for not only Democrats, but some of these Republicans that are trying to push through this bill that says, oh, 5000 a day, Schumer apparently is trying to fast track that to get it on the floor to vote by next Wednesday. God, I hope it goes down in flames. But share some of that, what, what you think. I think it's politically, I think this is a loser for everybody that's pushing for open borders. Well, yeah, I would agree uh, at first blush that cutting that wire is maybe politically too costly. Uh, what Arpaio said, and I interviewed him at length in person last June uh, for his birthday party. I was glad to be invited to that. Um, he said that what you do is you take the military of our country and you go into Mexico and you cooperate with their military 
you form kind of a coalition. He always makes the point, if we can intervene in Iraq and Iran, why can't we work with another country to protect our own borders rather than foreign borders half a world away? So you combine the two militaries, you stop the contraband, you stop the human trafficking, you stop the fentanyl and, and the people who are doing the trafficking and exploiting the so-called migrants. You stop it long before it even gets to the U.S. Uh, when Trump was in there, he told Mexico, look, in no uncertain terms, if you don't cooperate on this, you're going to see tariffs, you're going to see big tariffs in your imports immediately, your foreign aid is going to go the way of the Edsel. And uh so, so Arpaio is basically saying you got to be diplomatic but tough with Mexico, get the two militaries cooperating, stop all this long before it gets to the border. And then you have other measures that dissuade people from coming here, like he did as sheriff in Maricopa County, Arizona. You find the illegal employers and the illegal employees and you bust those illegal employment rings and you, you bust the employers as well as the employees and you get rid of that job drawing magnetic incentive that draws a lot of the people here to work in meatpacking plants, to work in fields. Not that it's wrong for them to work per se, but it is illegal employment and it's the sheriff's job to bust that up. So there's various measures. And then the ones that do get through, you detain them, you try them here if they're guilty of crimes here, but if they're only guilty of coming here illegally, then you deport them. And that's what yeah. Arpaio did. It's yeah. really quite straight ahead. And I would encourage listeners to send a link of this today's show to Abbott's office. Um, you know, he needs a little constructive criticism. Operation Lone Star has some good points to it. There's a lot of a lot of allegations about Abbott. Again, some believe him, some don't. But what our PIO recommends, I believe, is what needs to be done. Granted, a state governor can't do all of that. He can't order the U.S. military to cooperate with the Mexican military, but it's important for state governors to understand what Arpaio did and how it worked. And I think that's yeah. the key. Yeah. And, and he was attacked for it too. You know, he was smeared for it. Like, you know, he was sort of one of the canaries in the coal mine because he was very vocal about his process and his, you know, his um, his mission statement there, uh, keeping it within the law. And of course, the mass media comes after him, and the left comes after him, calls him racist, and all this stuff. When really, we're talking about saving our country from turning into something that is not America. All right, Mark, we're out of time. I got to let you go. We could go all day. We have a good time when you're here. We'll look forward to you coming back and joining us. Catch Mark on Boiler Room oftentimes. Catch him at UK Column on Mondays. Catch him at Stop the Presses on RBN and thetruthhound.com. Thank you very much, Mark. Always appreciate it. We'll see you next time right here on State of the Nation at today's News Talk TNT. Deweaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Well, the trial between Michael Mann and Mark Stein continues in Washington, D.C., and something very interesting has just occurred. It appears that Michael Mann has succeeded in putting his hockey stick on trial in Mann versus free speech. Now, this is very interesting because if Stein's people can get the people watching this trial to understand that Dr. Mann would not reveal how he came up with his conclusions, that should instantly, instantly make it so that this thing should be dismissed. So I don't know if Dr. Mann was thinking, but apparently the hockey stick, his famed idea that let's take away the medieval warming period and the Earth's temperature just flatlined and went up like crazy and 
it really put him on the map and became an icon for the IPCC. I don't know if he wants this because you would need discovery and the discovery would be, let me see your data. Why should the entire planet simply accept something? Maybe Michael Mann is the most honest guy in the world, but why should we accept his word without looking at the data? So this is gonna be very, very interesting over the next few days. And it is a big deal because this kind of stuff going on where people are suing other people for things that are questionable at best, it's gotta stop or society will spin out of control. This is weatherbell.com Chief Meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. Food isn't just fuel to live, it's fuel to grow. My family relied on public assistance to help provide meals for us. These meals fueled my involvement in theater and the arts as a child, which fostered my love for acting. The Feeding America network of food banks helps millions of people put food on the table. When people are fed, futures are nourished. Join the movement to end hunger, and together we can open endless possibilities for people to thrive. Visit feedingamerica.org slash act now. Interviews, news, and views. This is State of the Nation with Steve Hook and Brian McLean. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. All right, California Governor Gavin Newsom. Uh, this this is too funny um, and also sort of a harbinger. California Governor Newsom witnessed a theft in process and found himself at the center of a heated debate over the state's handling of shoplifting crimes. This is just too, this is news gold right here. The incident, which Newsom detailed in a recent Zoom call with California mayors, highlighted the frustrations surrounding California's approach to petty theft due to his weak leadership. According to Newsom, while shopping at Target, he saw a person casually steal an item and leave the store. Intrigued, the governor approached the store employee to understand why the thief was not apprehended, and to his astonishment, the employee directly blamed Newsom's radical policies for the surge in such crimes. Uh, this took him back a little bit, and he tried to refute the employee's claim, asserting California's laws are amongst the, the toughest in the nation, with Proposition 47 making it a felony for property thefts totaling $950 or higher, uh, but this explanation seemed to fall on deaf ears. So joining us now to discuss is a 38-year veteran and retired chief of the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, Chief Patrick Jordan, host of Briefing with the Chief, which can be found at Rumble when he goes live. Chief Jordan, it's great to see you. Thank you for joining us. I just kind of hand, I'm like a dog handing off a bone here. Here you go. Tell us your thoughts on this one. <laughs> well, you know, when I see these headlines uh, regarding the lies that the Democrats are telling about crime in California, because that's what they have to do to to deflect this stuff. Let's talk about this particular incident. Now, he said two lies to that employee. And of course, on this Zoom call, if this actually really happened, the first lie is, is he said he's not responsible. Well, let me clue everybody in. Back in July, I think it was, oh, no, actually it was September, he signed a bill, Senate Bill 553, which basically they, they wrapped up in a, a bill for worker safety and worker security, the notion that employers have to have to have a policy that keep their employees safe. And one of those policies, and I'm reading from a website, this is California Labor and Employment Law Blog. So they look at the policy that's that's written or passed, the law that's passed, and this is part of the labor code, and they analyze it and then they tell employers what do you have to do policy-wise to be on the right side of the labor code signed in by Newsom. 
And it says, number item number 12, maintaining policies prohibiting the employer from requiring employees to confront active shooters or suspected shoplifters. He signed this only in September. It's fully, it fully goes in full effect by July, which means employers like Target are already ramping up and adjusting their policies to make sure employees do not confront shoplifters. Now, the thing about this is there's civil liabilities through the labor code if the employer doesn't do this. But if an employee decides on their own to tackle some shoplifter, as Newsom suggested this employee do, contrary to policy, guess who gets opened up for civil liabilities? That very employee. So when Newsom says, this is the first lie, when Newsom says, I'm not contributing, well, he signed a bill that absolutely contributed to the reluctance of employees to stop shoplifters. I know you want to say something, Steve, but that's the first lie. Yeah, what do you well, think? that's the first lie. And I would I would just add that this is <laughs> this is a classic case of chickens coming home to roost. The only thing that could have made this story better is after he exited the target, if somebody was taking a dump on the sidewalk and he had to step <laughs> around the guy. I mean, it's just it's just unbelievable. And and yet, you know, I, I've got a story on the other side of the uh, of, of the country. Did you see Ariana Presley, a.k.a. Charles Barkley in makeup? Um, Ariana Presley, Massachusetts squad member, she accused pharmaceutical conglomerate Walgreens of divesting from black, uh, black and brown communities and basically saying they're all a bunch of racist, ignoring the fact that these Walgreens that are being shut down are being shut down because of well, multiple reasons. They're being shut down because they're being robbed blind and they can do not a damn thing about it. They're being shut down because the insurance is saying, look, we're not going to insure these stores anymore because you know what? You're being robbed blind. And by the way, your employees are at risk. So they're pulling stakes. They're pulling their tent stakes up and they're leaving. And then you've got Charles Barkley on the, I mean, uh, Ariana Presley on the floor <laughs> of, of, of the, of the house saying they're all a bunch of racists. Uh, when will they learn, Chief? When will they figure it out? Or are they so ideologically beholden to this Marxist progressive idiocy that they're going to go down and take every ship with them, including, you know, L.A., San Fran, yeah. wherever? Well, here's the first thing. Ideology never makes for good public policy. And you're right. The chickens are coming home to roost for that. I'll, I'll talk about the second line and then I'll talk about Charles Barkley. I mean, Diana Presley here in a minute here. So the, the second lie is, hey, we're tougher on petty theft than other states. OK, so they, they set a threshold of 950 and they're saying anybody above that threshold means we're tougher than what they don't tell you in Prop 47 is they did two other things in Prop 47. They, they got rid of petty theft with the prior, which means if you committed multiple thefts, you could be charged with a felony. Now, the L.A. Times floated this lie 10 months ago, and I did the research on Texas, and I think it was South Carolina. Yes, their threshold's higher. However, they have in their penal code that if you commit multiple felonies, you can then be charged with a felony. That's the first part of that lie. The second part of that lie is in California, if you entered a commercial building with the intent to steal, that used to be a felony. But Prop 47, written by George Gascon, who spins the same lie, said, no, from now on, intent doesn't matter. If you steal under $950, we're no longer handling it as a felony. We are handling it as a misdemeanor. Most states have that intent obligation or that intent as part of a, 
a more serious crime called burglary or B and E, those types of things around the country. So they are absolutely all the states are tougher than California on shoplifting, and that's the second big lie. In terms of Miss Huffing, or I'm sorry, Charles Barkley, uh, the, the 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 lady you're talking about here, I think. Here, here's the other thing about that, and it's one that I've looked up. If you look up state pension funds, if you look up county pension funds, if you look up city pension fund, guess who owns Walmart? Guess who owns Walgreens? Guess who owns all these companies that are getting ripped off? State teachers unions own, or the teachers own them, public employees own them. Those are the stocks that they own. Those so, and they depend upon those stocks for their retirement. And, and so it's just this vicious circle. Who are the owners that are shutting those stores? Guess who's part of CalPERS? Gavin Newsom. It's the very <laughs> class that benefits from those retirement funds that benefit those from those companies and expect those companies to do their best because those companies have a fiduciary responsibility to maximize their outcome for us retirees that work in government and many of these government, including teachers unions, support these foolish policies. My goodness. My goodness. Unbelievable. So what's the way out of this, Chief? Are we just in a death spiral here? I mean, this is the kind of thing that makes, you know, families make big decisions. Like, honey, yeah. I'm sorry, you're not going to be going to, to the grocery store anymore. You know what I mean? That's a weird thing to have to think to say to your to your loved one because of safety. Well, somebody asked me on a show uh, a while ago, what's our way out of this? Unfortunately, it's going to be one victim at a time. I think I might have been talking to you about it before it gets turned around. But, you know, it, we are in primary season. If you if you watch my show, Briefing with the Chief, I talk about primary season a lot because George Gascon is lying, but he's facing some pretty tough headwinds. He's got some pretty good challengers. They're all Democrats, but moderate Democrats are tired of this foolishness and they're challenging him. And I think he's I think he's going to get beat. And it really is for alternate media like our, myself and you guys to get that word out, to make sure people know so that the voters can go change the narrative or change, deny the narrative, actually, and and vote these bums out and get some some new law and order folks in. You know, I did a show on victims. And uh, th that show, the victims talked about how George Gascon completely disregarded them as victims. And that is happening wherever these Soros-funded DAs are active. And that includes Cook County with, with Kim Fox up in, up in Chicago. That's in your state, San Antonio, with uh, Joe, Joe Gonzalez in, uh, uh, in, uh, in uh, Austin with uh, Jose Garza. Garza. Same kind of stuff. They're ignoring yeah. the victims, and a lot of people are rising up and pushing back and said, enough is enough. And so did this lady at Target. She says the governor's at fault, and the governor doesn't want to take responsibility. Yeah, and you know what I thought it was also very amusing about this story? I mean, it's amusing, but it's infuriating. Apparently, the, the, the female employee that Gavin Newsom said, where's your manager? Why is nobody stopping this? She had no idea she was talking to Newsom. So she was being completely honest. She goes, it's our idiot governor's fault, not knowing that she's sitting there speaking to the idiot governor. Um, you mentioned Gascon, uh, Chief, and the thing that I, I don't understand how that man still has a job. We saw what happened uh, in uh, in San Francisco. Ch San Francisco, Chesa Bodine got bounced. Why the hell hasn't that happened in L.A.? What What is going on? What has Gascon got that keeps him in office? I don't get it. I think there are a couple things going on. One that I touched on in one of my shows is uh, the election integrity pro 
you know, when you when you do a recall, you're supposed to get enough signatures, a certain percentage of signatures. However, in in Los Angeles County, there's probably 10 to 20 percent of the signatures that are not valid. So if you're required to gather signatures to do a recall, but 10 to 20 percent are not valid, you're required to gather a, a significant number more signatures to be successful. And they did. They failed to meet that threshold. Now, if, if the if the the county government is dominated by Democrats who benefit from this. And most of the Democrats are supportive of gas going at them. They have not flipped to, to go against them. Adam Schiff is running for senator. He refuses to come out against Gascone. He was one of the first that flipped to support him when he was running against Jackie Lacey. He actually, on his website, he has the, the founder of LA uh, BLM who made some anti-Semitic comments right on his website. I, I have no idea why these politicians are not bouncing him out. But I think his time is coming. I think we're going to see two people in the run if he'll be one. But it, come November, he'll be gone. God, I hope so. God's ears. Yeah, he has been a complete blight on Los Angeles. I mean, it's it's just been um, a, a you-know-what show. Um let me ask you, I, I saw also uh, out of California, there was an issue um, at one of the prisons here. It was the Ironwood State Prison in Riverside County. Uh, they're saying an estimated 200 prisoners rushed corrections officers and attacked them with fists and rocks. I mean, uh, do, are you hip to this story? What happened there? I, I'm not hip to the story, but I will clue you in on what's going on. We've released most of our low-level inmates, so the people in are the, the most violent. And so I'm not surprised that these guards are being attacked. That's that's what's going on with L.A. County. Only the most violent are staying in custody, and, and that's the problem. Uh, so I'm not familiar with that story, but I'm not surprised that that's happening, and you're going to see more and more of that. Uh, unfortunately, the dishonesty of these DAs, you know, there, there's more stories. God, I could go into so many different stories, but I do want to clue you in on one that's going on up in Cook County, Illinois. So what's her name? Kim Fox is not running again. Did you guys know that? She's not running again, and they, the, the political machine up there is trying to put a guy named Clayton Harris in there, who they think one of the local papers, the contrarian, the Chicago contrarian is calling him out as being worse than Kim oh. Fox, very much like Lightfoot and Brandon Johnson. Johnson ended up being worse than Lightfoot, where they're going down that same path with their prosecutor up there in Cook County. One of those stories you might want to look at. Yeah, that's a little crazy. Oh, you know what else, Chief, kind of I find to be absurd and you touched on it. You said that when it comes to getting gas going out they have to get so many more signatures. And the irony of all of that is they flooded the zone with illegal immigrants. Therefore, yeah. their policies are saving their jobs, uh, are saving his job in a way, in kind of a roundabout way, because they can't get the right signatures. It's uh, it's really crazy. It's, um, by the way, you're, at, you're at, in your neck of the woods. Apparently, there's um, some uh, illegals, I guess these guys were from Venezuela, the guys that beat the hell out of yeah. the cops near Times Square. They got on an NGO bus by using fake names, and they hot-footed it out of New York City right after they were released on no bail. That comes as a shock to absolutely no one, but apparently they're uh, they're headed to Cali. Uh, is anybody going to do anything about these folks, or are they going to get off somewhere in Yuma and just avoid all, I don't know, one, one of the on? things about the sanctuary cities that we're not talking about is most of the sanctuary cities refuse to work with ICE, even with violent felons, meaning 
if you arrest them and then release them, they will not tell ICE. So in addition to them committing the crime, if, if, if you release them on bail, they're not going to tell ICE to take them away and detain them. They won't work with ICE at all. So if these guys come here, it's unlikely that any local jurisdiction will do anything to hold them accountable. And I just want to point out, we just recently had six, six men killed in the desert, thought to be cartel-related, uh, believing that the Mexican cartels and Asian cartels growing marijuana, and they, they killed six people. This was just last week. Yeah, I did a I show that, on Chief. Mexican. Yeah, and the so Mexican drug cartels are infiltrated all through the United States. Chief, we got to let you go. Uh, that's absolutely staggering. We'll have you back on for an update on this at LASD Jordan on X.com and re- morning briefing with the Chief on Rumble. Thank you, Chief. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT.